Hey, this is Beth from the Gun Blog Variety Cast reminding y'all that this podcast is a member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Check out all the other great podcasts at selfdefenseradio.net. Three, two, one. This is Remzo Republic. The clash of punk rock and politics. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the program. You're listening to the one, the only Remso Republic. We want to give a special shout out to our networks, 405 Media Player FM, TuneIn, and LRN.FM. You're listening to the Red Eye Hours in Charlottesville. Great to have you on. We're recording this a few weeks before. I'm going to call it, it's been genuinely, uh, generally a pretty boring election. You know, we haven't had people tweeting out uh, crazy accusations to each other. You know, it's a state election. We're not getting as much of the crazy buzz we saw during 2016. And to that extent, I'm kind of happy. For the most part, I think that this has been a very issues-oriented race. But with, with that said, I'd like to think that, you know, when you go through a, lo- through a long challenge or through a long process, you want to go ahead and, you know, evaluate what was good, what was bad. Um, you know, looking at things from my Republican peers, it seems that, For the most part, we learned what did work and what didn't work throughout the country when it came to the 2016 general. We're looking at, specifically here in Virginia, a lot of the things that matter to voters. So good, bad, or indifferent, I'd like to say that from the conservative angle, we're trying to do better always. But it is odd because I was thinking about how how are the Democrats polling things right now? Look at the 2012 election onward through 2014 when we just went, what did President Obama call us? Shellacking when we just went ahead and shellacked them silly. Um, They said that we were having to, you know, listen to America. You need to go farther to the left. You need to, you know, compromise and everything else. And now post-2016, it's like... They're, they're not pulling that. Instead, what they're saying is, no, we need to double down. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Identity politics and everything else. But it's those issues that matter to the everyday voters. It matters to the moderates. It matters to the blue dog Democrats. It matters to those people that are politically apathetic and they just want a better opportunity for themselves. I want to talk a little bit more about that, whether or not, you know, we're listening to what Virginia voters want specifically, because where Virginia goes the country sends the follow in our footsteps. I want to say we're the best state, but hey, the other 49 should pay attention to what's going on here in Virginia. With us today, I have Delegate Tim Hugo. Sir, how are you doing? Hey, good to see you. I appreciate uh, you providing. I heard you say the conservative angle. I kind of think you provide the conservative millennial perspective uh, on Virginia and on America. It's well needed and uh, much appreciated. Sir, I greatly appreciate that. So um, call, call me out if I'm wrong, but just from what I'm seeing with you know, whether it's the likes of Justin Fairfax saying we need a single payer in Virginia or whether it's Ralph Northam's campaign saying that the gang problem is overblown and everything else. It seems that while Republicans are saying, hey, folks, we're listening to you, we're willing to go to what is important to you. The left is saying, OK, these are the peripheral matters that you might not care about, but it's what we think you need to care about. So get in line and be quiet. I think what's interesting, you're absolutely right. What's interesting Washington is coming to Virginia. And I know it's not far away, but in the past, it's been kind of far away politically. And what's happening is, you know, you used to think Bill Clinton was a, some people thought he was a moderate Democrat. I always thought he was somewhat of a liberal. Hillary was more liberal. Those guys are, are yesterday. If you listen the other day, 
Elizabeth Warren just tore into uh, Hillary Clinton. This is Elizabeth Warren's party and Bernie Sanders' party, and that's what the Democrats here in Virginia are trying to emulate. There used to be moderate Democrats and conservative Democrats. There's no more. They're just all liberal, all left, all the time, on issue after issue. I mean, you talked about gangs. You talk about taxes. They're, they're viscerally anti-business. They talk about jobs, but the only job they seem to like are government jobs. They don't like any jobs that come out of real business, that come out of the private industry. And I think it's a real problem uh, for the country, and I think it's a, real, a great problem for Virginia. And I hope it's a problem that we're going to fight and fix in Virginia in a little less than two weeks. Exactly. I had a, I was traveling to the other end of the Commonwealth recently, and the Lyft driver that picked me up, we were just talking about some stuff. And I usually don't like to just spout out with politics, but we were listening to uh, WMAL, and we started talking a little bit about politics. I wanted to learn more about where he came from, and he told me that his family has been traditionally Democrat. He's a second, he's a well, he's a first generation American. His family came over from I think it was Thailand or something, and um, essentially he said, you know what? In 2016, I voted for Donald Trump because I felt like he represented the common guy. He was the blue collar billionaire. I think that's why he called him. Uh, you know, it's it's his opinion on that. And then he, I asked him, so what are you thinking about for this upcoming election in Virginia? He's like, well, I was really not thinking about coming out and voting, but I'm probably going to vote Republican up and down the ticket because it seems that, you know, I, I don't make much. He, he owns a small business on the side. He drives for Lyft and Uber when he's not doing that. And he's like, you know what? I My money is mine. It's what I make. And the fact that they just keep saying that I'm not paying enough, it, it's it's getting ridiculous. I feel like the Democrats aren't listening to me. So, and, and that's a that's a thing that I'm hearing throughout the Commonwealth. Do you think that Democrats just they? It's I thought that they would think, oh, we lost all these you know blue collar voters, especially in the south end of the Commonwealth. Do you think that they even care about those people anymore? No, I, I think they've gone farther to the left. I mean, if you look across the nation uh, since Obama was president, elected president. Uh, Republicans used to be in a minority of the governors. Now they have 34 out of 50 governors. We've Republicans defeated over a thousand state legislators. It is a, the, but the Democrats don't seem to grasp that. They don't seem to grasp that they're in the minority. And what they're doing is just going farther to the left. I think their idea is let's create a new government program for everything and let's just raise taxes. And it won't people, they won't mind because they'll so appreciate the government program. I don't think they realize what it does to, to the nation, that this, this was a nation built on capitalism, built on business, built on the entrepreneur, uh, built on that small businessman, that one you just talking to, the Lyft driver. Uh, those are the people that really drive America. But I don't, think the, I don't think the Democrats care about that. If you look at Ralph Northam, he used to be, I think, somewhat of a moderate Democrat. In fact, he thought about becoming a Republican at one point. I think... I think he was the first Democrat what? he ever, if you ask him, I think he's the first Democrat he ever voted for when he ran for a Democrat uh, seat out there. But he has driven so far to the left because I think you have to now. Uh, they have, just what you said, they have an ideology now uh, that doesn't embrace diversity. They talk about diversity, but they only talk about one type of diversity, not diversity of ideas. It's a radical left uh, ideology that they all embrace up and down the line. Uh, it is Bernie's party, and it is Elizabeth Warren's party, and America better get ready for it, and Virginia better get ready for it, because that's what the Democrat of today is. It ain't your granddaddy's Democratic Party.
Exactly. I agree 100%. Now, for my libertarian listeners who are screaming at me because I've said nothing but good things about the Republican Party, I will say this. I don't think at the end of the day, it's not about Romney versus Obama. It's not about, you know, Ted Cruz at the CNN debate versus Bernie. I think the problem ultimately is liberty versus tyranny. It's individualism versus collectivism, big government versus a constitutional respecting government. And you know, and I want to focus just on Virginia, but one thing that I've been uh, investigating recently was this strange fundraiser that the Democrats refused to admit whether or not it happened or not. It had to deal with Eric Holder. And to kind of speed things up on that, a week later, he's caught in, uh, you know, uranium selling of the Clintons. He's using money that was supposed to go towards uh, Wall Street disaster relief, 2008 victims. He's pushing it towards democracy partners of Bob Kramer and everything else. And they, they refused to admit things like Fast and Furious existed. Now, you want to look at our current crime problem, whether it was with the Sinaloa crime cartel or with MS-13, like they, they keep saying, oh yeah, we need to deal with it, but they refuse to look at the actual problem of the matter. And with this gang issue, I mean, this is the one thing that I think no one is placing enough of an emphasis on. Um, they're saying that Ed Gillespie is, you know, exaggerating the problem while others are saying, oh, it's just, it's just something that happens when you have a larger population come into the Commonwealth. What's the thing that people aren't really grasping about this issue of MS-13? Because it's starting to creep into our public schools, into our public life. It's getting into our neighborhoods, and it's causing quite a concern amongst just regular voters. It is causing concern, and it should. I mean, if you look at it, just here in Fairfax County, Northern Virginia, um, we have about 1,400 police officers. Guess how many MS-13 members we have? 1,400. And there's one, one gang member... Uh, from MS-13, from this one gang, for every police officer. Then there's another six or 700 other gang members that are here. And I think the problem people are really starting to realize, you know, we're seeing these, it, in the past, it's sometimes these gangs just focus on the immigrant community, which is awful. And we and we need to protect our uh, the immigrant community, the new community, from these people who are tor- torturing and tormenting their neighborhoods. But they're also now spreading out. There was a young woman, uh, a Muslim woman, uh, killed, raped, killed, and beat with a baseball bat here in Fairfax County just a few months ago. It was awful. She was just going home uh, with some friends, and she got killed by this you know, gang member. And this is what we're dealing with. And I think the other thing people don't realize when they say, oh, sanctuary cities are okay and this, gangs are treading and tormenting our very young and our most vulnerable. If you look at what gangs do now, it used to be all drugs. A lot of drugs is where they made their money. And in fact, drugs, illegal drugs, is still the number one profit center for these gangs. But guess what the number two profit center is for these gangs? Um, you know, I think CNN will say guns or something like that. Sex trafficking. Here's why. It's low risk and high reward for these gangs. If, you, if you've got drugs on you if you, had, if you had some illegal drug on you and you get caught... Well, that's an illegal drug. You know, the, the police will see that's what it is. If you get caught with a young girl, well, it's my sister. It's it's a it's a cousin. It's it's just uh, you know my girlfriend. Um, but actually, what they're doing is they're they're abusing uh, our families. And this is something that's got to stop. Sex trafficking is the number two most profitable uh, enterprise for these gangs. It's on its way to being the number one most profitable enterprise for these gangs. And it's something we've got to stop. And here's what's happening too, Rimsa, that I just don't think people quite grasp. These people are preying on some of the most very young and most very vulnerable. We had a meeting uh, in Richmond last year 
and some of the prosecutors and police came in and they started talking about the most vulnerable in the age groups. And they're like, what is one of the growing demographics? And people are saying 12-year-old, 14, 15-year-olds. No. Some of those growing demographics of these sex traffickers, many of them gangs, is the two-year-olds and the three-year-olds. It's awful. You know why? How, how could anyone ignore that? Because they can't testify. That's why these gang members and that's why these traffickers like these young, because they can't quite testify. And they abuse, they're abusing our babies. And that's why we've got to fight these gang members. That's why we've got to fight sex traffickers. That's why I think the Sanctuary City concept is wrong because these gang members can go back and forth between, uh, between localities and it's wrong. And we've got to have the ability to track these people and, and put them out of business, put them in jail before they attack our families. I, I completely agree with that. But you mentioned Sanctuary Cities. I, I know Republicans who say, oh, we should just kind of, you know, let that be. Because if we want to say that we're federalists and everything else, that's a local issue. That's a local issue. But when you look at not only federal law, but you look at Virginia state law, there's nothing re- that really justifies it. And then when you look at the results, because they never the, the left, they never care about the source of the problem. They only care about the results. The results are enrichment, uh, more crime, more uh, sexual assaults, more gun violence, which is crazy because they always say the gun violence comes from everywhere else. But it's just how can they ignore this? They, I don't know how they can. Again, I think it's this identity politics that you mentioned earlier that they've embraced, and I think it's the politics of the far left that the Democratic Party's embraced. But they can't, and they shouldn't. Again, what I'm saying: if you look at the sanctuary city, why would you provide a sanctuary in one city, and then these gang members can just go to other cities and then come back to the sanctuary? And again, that's why we think it's a statewide issue. It's an important issue. We say we we are going to say no sanctuary cities in Virginia. In fact, we had a bill pass the House and the Senate last year. Governor McAuliffe vetoed it. That would have said no sanctuary cities in Virginia, and the governor vetoed it. Now I'm telling you, because of that, somebody's going to get hurt at some point. We are going to have a problem. And what we're saying is, the you know, ten years ago they didn't think gangs were a problem. Well, we know now that it's a problem. What we're saying, before these sanctuary cities provide these gang havens, we need to take care of this problem now. We need to put these people out of business. We need to send them home. We need to send them to put them to jail. This is this is touchy. And I think, you know, watching a lot more of the local news lately, it's um, it's something that definitely needs to be addressed more. Why do you think the media is ignoring this? I don't think it fits into their ideological uh paradigm that they want to see they want to see i I don't know if you saw this real fast there there was a i think it was a northam mailer that went out the other night trying to tie ed gillespie to the freaking white nationalists out in charlottesville a few months ago this is desperation it is desperation and i think they'll say anything right now uh because i think the liberal media is trying to elect liberal democrats i think if you look at the liberal media they're they're permeated with with liberal democrats Uh, they all are and I think we've got to fight back. I'm so I'm glad you know you've got the, you're putting out the conservative millennial pers- perspective across the Commonwealth. Uh, I think it's well needed and much needed. But I think all of our people need to get up and realize what's happening. Realize that they're after us. Realize that they they want to see us defeated, not in a fair fight, not in an ideological you know match where we have a Queen a Marcus of Queensbury rules. Uh, they want us beat. Uh, with because they want to tie both our hands behind our back and then have a fight. And we've got to say, look, this is a serious debate. 
with serious implications, not just for business, but for our families. When you're talking about when you're talking about gangs and when you're talking about violence and we're talking about sex trafficking, this is not just a discussion about taxes. This is a discussion about what's going to happen to our children. Absolutely. And, you know, the one thing that I will say, I think even independent voters are looking at right now is the stuff that's actually affecting them. And they certainly know whether or not they want to admit it or not, the Democrats are not looking out for them. I know for a lot of people that I graduated from college with, um, they they moved out of the Commonwealth. They were people that lived here their entire life. And they're like, I, I'm seeing a lack of opportunity in Virginia. And then they're like, oh, well, you know, my, my student debt is a problem. But how does it make more sense for people to go ahead and say, oh, we need free two year education. We need to raise the minimum wage to $15. We need single payer this. We need 20 million different subsidy programs that are just you know, helping little blocks of people, but they're not really helping them grow as individuals. They're just throwing more money to go ahead and get votes. With your campaign right now and, you know, some of the other things that you might want to bring up, what are the biggest policy points that you think are really reaching out to those voters that are saying, hey, I might vote Republican right now? Well, again, uh, you talked about the independents, the libertarians, the Republicans, and the conservative Democrats. The things we're saying is you can't continue to grow the economy. We focus on growing the economy. But how do you grow the economy when you're, when you're strangling uh, that Lyft driver you were talking about with regulation, when you're strangling them with taxes. Uh, I think the Democrats, if you look at what they propose time after time after time, it's a new government spending program aimed at one particular block. And the only way to do that in Virginia, remember we can't run a deficit here, the only way to do that in Virginia is to raise taxes. And that's what they want to do. That's what they continually want to do. You know, All I have to say is I ask when you go and see all these Democrats talking, and they're Bernie Sanders Democrats, talking about all these new programs. Just remember, while they're talking to you, looking you in the eye, talking about the program, they're reaching around, grabbing your wallet uh, with their hand, with their left hand, of course. <laughs> uh, reaching around with their left hand, trying to grab your wallet and turn it upside down and empty it out. It's hilarious. And, you know, where we are at right now, I, I've been told this since I went to high school. I went to Centerville High School up the road, went to Liberty Middle School. And I was told the entire time I was a student, this, uh, you know, this, might, this area might traditionally vote Republican, but it's very progressive in its heart. And I just don't believe that at all anymore because I was arguing with a, a Democratic friend of mine. And I was like, really, if we're so progressive, where was that meals tax? Oh, you didn't want that a few months ago because that was directly affecting you. You want other people to pay for these things. You don't mind taking from other people. But the moment it's coming after you, suddenly it's like, well, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a fiscal spender now. Yeah. It, it's cognitive dissonance to a degree. But it makes, you're right, it makes a difference. And I think that's what, you know, I think not just Republicans, but conservatives, uh, classical conservatives. I think we need to make the pitch to the libertarians, conservative Democrats. Please just look at what they're saying. And just think about it in a broader context. And I think when you do that, just what you said about the meals tax, this is what it means for you. This is why it's important to you and your family. And this is what their program is going to do. When they're reaching around with that left hand emptying your wallet, that's not what you voted for. And that's not what you thought you were getting. But that's what you're gonna, they're going to give you. And we better be very aware of that. And I think we're going to have a decision to make in about uh, November 7th, just less than two weeks. And I think we're going to make the right decision with Ed Gillespie and Jill Vogel and John Adams. I agree. Now, I've got five minutes left with you, so I kind of want to pivot towards your race right now. I had uh, two of your opponents, volunteers, very sweet high schoolers come over to my house. And I've got a Tim Hugo yard sign. And um, they were knocking on my door and they're like, would you consider voting Democrat this time? And I was like, oh, guys, no. And I'm, I'm offering a bottle of water and they're like, 
Mr. Martinez? I'm like, yes. And they're like, why are you voting against your own kind? And at that point, my inner Clint Eastwood just comes out and I'm like, just need to get off my lawn. Um, this is this is a sad race for Democrats because, you know, I don't want to get too into the identity pol- politics pool of it, but we're seeing this uh, with Sue Bacola, uh, Delegate John Bell made a somewhat of a racially inflammatory comment towards Subacola. And we're seeing this, uh, I think there was another Republican who was equated to look like a dog recently. When they're when they're just jumping in the gutters and everything else, and when they're trying to just really tear people apart with, um, with this type of rhetoric, do you think it's because they're scared? Or do you think that they actually think, oh, this is the stuff that matters to people? I think it's a little of both. I think they, they are scared, and, and they're, they're, they want the power. I think, I hope that you and I continue to say we're doing this because we believe in the Constitution. We believe in the, the all the amendments to the Constitution, the articles, including the First and Second Amendment to the Constitution. But we believe in all. Sometimes I think they just do these things for the power. Uh, it's for those kids that were knocking on your door. They're high school kids. You know, God bless them for being out there uh, in their exuberance. I'm not sure they quite knew what they were doing. It's uh, kind of like your grandma used to say, uh, kind of bless their heart. Uh, <laughs> They don't know quite what they're doing, but we'll, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But this is this is a race uh, where the Democrats are saying anything. Uh, they're saying, you know, we hate these people and these people. Look, I've made a career out of being polite and nice, and uh, I'm a conservative. I don't run from it. I have conservative values. I have very much libertarian values, but that's what I am. But I don't, I don't, I'm not mean about it. I just this is I try to say this is what I believe and articulate a message. And I think that it's worked, and it's worked well for a number of years. Uh, and we'll continue to do it that way. I think they believe uh, they've got to tear people down uh, to, get, to get to the finish line, to get the power that they want. Because I do believe they want the power, but I think what we want to do is be messengers for a conservative, constitutional uh, voice. And that's what I'm going to continue to fight for. Absolutely. So as we wrap up, for people that are thinking, oh, November 7th, my vote doesn't matter. My vote won't make a difference, regardless of where they are in Virginia. What's your final shout out to those people to get them to consider to go out and vote on November 7th? Well, I think just what you said. If, you, if you're concerned about your family, if you're concerned about your economic status, uh, if you're concerned about jobs, I, I would ask you to vote for uh, Ed Gillespie and Jill Vogel and John Adams. If in my district you're concerned about sex trafficking and jobs, and trying to get things done day to day on transportation. I would hope you would consider me. I'm Tim Hugo. I hope you go to Tim. If you're interested in learning more, uh, go to timhugo.com and look at our website. If you have any questions, heck, heck, give me a call here at the office, 703-815-1201. Love to talk to you. But it's important. I just urge everybody, go out and vote. It is important this year. It's going to mean a lot for, for you and your family. It's going to mean a lot for Virginia but it's going to mean much more for the next generation. Delegate Hugo, thank you so much for your time. Folks, go ahead, share this episode. Go ahead and tweet out to me at Remso101, R-E-M-S-O-101. Follow me, I'll follow you back. And let's have, let's continue the dialogue. Let's continue the conversation. Let, let's definitely see how things go down on November 7th. For all previous episodes and everything else, go ahead and check out www.remsorepublic.com. As always, take care of your neighbor. Go out and treat yourself a bit be good American. Good night. Stay connected to Liberty's Rabble Rouser on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with the latest episodes, blogs, and other available content. What are you waiting for?